Welcome to Why Is with Ty and Dan. This week we discuss the Miss Minutes live action remake? Hmm. Welcome to Why Is with Ty and Dan, a Marvel podcast where we try to figure out just who and what is going on in this cinematic universe. My name is Tyler Borland, and with me always is Danny Vincent. Hi, I'm Danny. Let's do the spoiler warning so we can get right into the thick of things. Yeah, we got a lot of content coming up. All yeah. right, so from this point on, we will discuss the latest episode the of Loki. The season last one. episode of Loki for season one and possible <laughs> spoilers for future productions. We do not claim to have knowledge of said future spoilers, but we'll gladly take full credit if such come true. Now, I have to before I give the rest of the disclaimer, I do have to apologize is that, you know, we always give this disclaimer. But last week I did have knowledge of the Black Widow post credit scene. Whoops. But if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't watched Black Widow. Don't worry. I don't think I'll get into it again today. <laughs> we will not address any leaks. But if our speculations align, it's purely coincidence. So now we're going to discuss the Loki season one finale for all time, always. And by that, we mean this episode will never end. I'm not clicking stop record. We're never ending this episode. Tyler. Never. It's just never. always going to go. Always. For all, all time. Right. So my general thought. <laughs> always. <laughs> My general thoughts on this uh, season finale. I've had a lot of fun with this show, even more so than with WandaVision. Um, There's lots that Marvel can do with another season, and this show did a much better job at setting up future films than what its predecessors did. Um, I say that in the sense that I'm now much more excited for an Ant-Man film than a Captain America film, and I would not have said that in prior years. No, no, Tyler. Here's my thing. This is my general thoughts, by the way. This isn't a reply to you. Uh, But I want to talk about. So my big thing on this podcast always is like, you know, like when we finished episode four of Loki, right? I was like that post credit Mm -hmm. scene was really cool, but it is the cherry on top. I like to discuss what we're actually getting right now. So right now I'm not going to get into this Kang thing. Well, I mean, I will, obviously, because he's in this episode. But besides right. that, uh, I don't really want to. <laughs> we will talk about the whole rest of the episode and not Kang. Well, no, no, no. Here's the thing. I don't want this. Technically, so, technically, it's not him. Who's okay, the one okay, okay. We'll get episode. into that. We'll get into that. But, okay, we, yeah. we, have, we have a discussion point on that. But I think the, the finale was. This is what's funny to me. Is like I predicted this entire time we were going to end with Kang. But it was kind of like the Mephisto predictor. I was like. This, this, the only reason I'm saying this has a chance is because we know Jonathan Majors is playing Kang. That's that's the only real reason this is a reasonable yeah. prediction. Your prediction last week would have probably been a more thematically rich and emotionally involving ending. So to me, this episode is incredibly cool and it had me fanboying. But to be clear, also, my fanboying isn't really because of Kang or Marvel. It's because Jonathan Majors was acting across Loki. And I really like Jonathan Majors as an actor, uh, as someone who has followed his honestly very, I don't want to say short career, but he did really only broke out in 2017 with The Last Black Man in San Francisco, which I highly recommend to anyone who enjoyed Jonathan Majors in this episode. It's probably 
his best performance I've seen. Although he's also very good in the Five Bloods, even though he's not the main character in that. Uh, and of course, Lovecraft mm. Country, which we've talked about on this podcast before. Um, but anyway, so I thought it was really cool to see Jonathan Majors pop up and be really engaging, somewhat hammy, but also very threatening. Uh, however, I think going back, this is, I'm really just laying all my cards on the table right now, my general thoughts, <laughs> is that the Elder Loki thing that Tyler pitched last week would have been a more emotionally cohesive and reasonable finale to me. But again, that's something where I feel like that finale would be for a miniseries than for a show. So it's a very weird spot to be where I'm really conflicted about this finale in the sense I didn't get the emotional catharsis I wanted to, but I also mm-hmm. don't think it was aiming for it because this is a season finale, not a series finale. Uh, yeah. However, this goes back to what I was saying earlier, which is as much as I like, I do actually like this episode, to be clear. I mean, it sounds like I'm being negative. It's just that to me, I was expecting to feel somewhat of an emotion. Well, I think the show was expecting me to feel somewhat of an emotion at the end, and I felt nothing. Um, mm. And the thing is, is that goes back to what I'm saying is I don't want the last five episodes, which for the most part were very good to be overtaken by the arrival of Kang and uh, Jonathan Majors in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. All this yeah. said, I think this episode does set a cool stage for season two, even ignoring it. Like we'll speculate on this later on, but I don't even know if Jonathan Majors will be in the next season. It's very possible. Right. He isn't. Um, yeah. And I think this still sets the stage for a cool second season. But again, I like living in the moment. I want to talk about just the episode, this episode to begin with, which leads us perfect yeah. into our digging in. Yeah. So uh, the opening, I love the audio walkthrough of the MCU. It was the end. Even though it was the no, I'm not going to say it was the most content filled because the whole episode was just. All guns blazing, you know. I feel like um, it'd be also just kind of weird throughout. to be like, I but, this was good because there was a lot of people talking at once. I mean, that's right. what I read yeah. from you saying the content stuff. Yeah. Wow, this was great. It, they were throwing so many words at me. I'm sorry, <laughs> um, but it, it was, I found myself uh, smiling because uh, I guess it was the familiarity and it was it was revisiting a whole bunch of happy moments that I've had over the time of the MCU. Um, like Korg talked about taking the ship and we're going to, we're going to take the ship and, and leave. Do you want to come? Um, he said that. And then we got Paul Bettany's, um, what is grief? If not love persevering, <laughs> like it was a, a ton of the, like just big moments that I could, I could see, even though I was hearing it and they weren't showing it on the screen. I could, I could see it. You know, I could picture it in my mind. Um, I, so, I, I like the opening too, to be the, clear. Yeah. Yeah. The, I, yeah. It, I, I don't know if you're moving on, but I want to talk about the logo no, too. No, I, I am. Okay. I, I want to talk I about am. the logo too. It's, uh, what? oh, okay. Yeah. I um, want to talk about the logo so too. So I thought that it, it was, uh, I really, I really liked how it's like this opening was also a part of the theme of the episode, like with how, like with, how time is moving and it it uh and yet it was the it was heavy on theme but it was the lightest moment of the episode yet there was a ton of gravity 
with it. Um, because after hearing all of that and knowing how long we've been with these characters, with Loki, we've been with, with him since 2011. Um, and knowing uh, good old Tommy Hits, knowing Tommy you know Hitz. how long we've how long we've been with these with these characters, it's like they're standing in a place where all of the MCU could just be could be destroyed, could be tossed away, see, yeah, could you, you know? See, yeah, yeah. Here was my my, my interpretation of the opening. First, for, I agree with you. By the way, uh, I'm not being like this. Is one of those times where it's like, here's my interpretation, Tyler. You're totally wrong. Uh, <laughs> This is not one of those times. Uh, uh, this is a so first. It took me a bit to figure out what they were doing for some reason. I was like, these voices sound familiar, but then I noticed they were actually matching with the clips that were being shown in the logo. I was like, oh, this yeah. is really cool. And then, um, what was I going to say? Uh, I felt like it immediately made felt very foreboding to me. It was mm-hmm. like, and the episode did pay it off well with saying it was pretty much to me a statement where it was like all this has happened before and now we're act- finally enter not finally because you know it's not it just feels like finally because of COVID uh, but we are entering a new era into the MCU Black Widow wrapped up what we did before WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier laid some framework but this episode now is going to completely change what we're doing and I was like this you might be overselling yeah. it a bit then I was like Oh no, you're not. You're uh we're about to get the next Thanos. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um yeah. I really like the yeah. opening too. It was cool. And then uh, I, I like that it entered I like the we got we gotta get out of the way now because it's not in here. Actually, you know what? Maybe I'll give it a wardy because I don't have it listed. Uh the score. Uh the score was very good. Uh yes. so we always have to give credit to the score here. Natalie Holt. We love you. Uh, but yeah. Sorry, I am adding that to mention later on. In <laughs> <laughs> the awards, I gotta give, I have to mention Natalie Holt. Her score was phenomenal the entire time. And I look forward to hearing it again next year. Um, but yeah, cool opening. Uh, yeah, so. Uh- these next the next point is the sacred timeline is a circle time is a circle the heptapods called it the heptapods are not in the marvel cinematic universe yet but yet <laughs> yeah well i gotta point this out it's like you know we see the at the end the timelines branch who's to say then in one of those timelines the heptapods don't come to earth <laughs> Uh, maybe the the end of this episode reveals that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is just the multiverse for everyone, and we live in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> it's possible. I'm just gonna let you sit there with that theory. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just let you have it. Yeah, I, I, I um, again, w- the the best reveal would have been that they walk in. It's just Kevin Feige standing there, being like, "Hey guys, how's it going?" I got it. Can't let this Fox stuff become canon. Let's get some fake PA. Let's call him Ralph Boner. That'd be funny, right? Loki's like, you're a madman. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 Kevin Feige, and he's got uh, 
he's got the two Quicksilvers in front of him, and he's he's like Aaron Taylor Johnson. He's like, no, 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 take this one. Send him over to Sony. We, we don't want we don't want him here. They give him just a fur pelt. <laughs> yeah, and and then he's like, well, the, you're. The, you, you're the he looks at Evan Peters. He's like, you're the last one we got, but we can't give Fox any credit. So, uh. and Loki's like, uh, yeah. Oh my gosh! Wait, wait, we gotta continue. we gotta finish this rift. Like, and then the episode ends with Feats being like, "All right, Loki, here's my revenge." And then he sends him back to Earth, and he's like, "What's wrong? What's the?" And it's like Mobius is looking. And it's like Loki, are you all right? And he's like, "Yeah, I'm fine." And he looks in the mirror. And he's being played by I don't know who who'd be like the worst person to play. He's playing Chris Hemsworth now. It's just like what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, to to go a little uh, to go a little more more serious. Um, I think that my favorite part about this episode and why I didn't mention it in my general thoughts because I wanted to talk about it more in depth is this episode resisted the urge to go into the 45-minute stereotypical Marvel explosions and punch, no punches explosions. and flying bad guys. Yes, we yeah. love it. We love no explosions. Borat's back. <laughs> <laughs> we love no explosion. Sorry, Borat. We're not taking any guests this week. No! <laughs> um, Let's get Lynn in. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, Lynn, Lynn, Lynn can stay back. Uh, uh, he can keep Borat company. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, what I appreciated most about it was just this slow burn, you know, this slow narrative burn that we got um, throughout the throughout this episode. And it proved something to me. It proved that the MCU can have these moments and they be successful. I mean, large in part to Jonathan Majors and, and uh, you know, Tom Hiddleston and uh, Sophia DiMartino. And but, uh, uh, Owen Wilson. Wow. And Owen Wilson, yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, did you know, did you know, Um, I forgot to mention this in last week's uh, news, Sophia DiMartino um, was uh, nursing the whole way through. Yeah, I did through. see. That's really yeah. cool. We should... Yeah, yeah, you should finish that sentence for the listeners in case they don't know. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. So throughout the uh, throughout the filming of the Loki of Loki season one, Sophia DiMartino, who played um, Sylvie, she was nursing while you know, uh, like through the, through the filming. So um, there was the costume. Uh, I don't want to say costume creator. The uh, but the costume designer um, for Loki actually made her costumes to where she was able to stay in costume and still nurse her her baby what when she needed to. So I think I think that's awesome. Um and you know that the costume designer worked you know worked with that and then um I'm gonna I'm gonna say then, right now I'm gonna uh yeah I think that's what you get when you get a female director on board to actually be considered about that type of thing. Uh, yeah yeah a hundred percent and of course the cost, like of course the costuming too, but like that order comes from up high. And I don't. That's true. Yeah. I, I I'm yeah. gonna be honest. Maybe I'm wrong, but that doesn't seem like something Kevin Feige would immediately think of to do. So I'm gonna guess it came mm-hmm. from Kay Heron. Uh, so I I do think that's really cool though. Um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. So so back to uh, Loki. 
Loki season finale. Um, so yeah, what did you think of the slow burn? Uh, I think it was, I think it was solid. I do think though, it's interesting to me. I actually didn't think this episode was that slow. Uh, you're talking about the slow burn to the Kang reveal, right? Um, uh, it's, it's taught. It's, um, the show the did take, take it's, it's more like the conversation between, um, he who remains. Yeah. And I know the that's Loki variants. I'm going to be yeah. very honest though. Okay. It is he who remains, but for my sake, I'm going to keep calling him Kang because Kang is one syllable long and he who remains is four syllables long. I'm going to save my breath. I'm just saying. I'm just <laughs> All right, Dan. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Dan. exactly. Anyway, I'm Danny Vincent. No, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's poor. <something>. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, okay, first off, yeah, it is a bit of a slow burn, but I want to say that I actually think it rushed through a lot of the resolution at the TVA with Owen Wilson, Wumi Musako, and uh, Ravona, because I always forget her actress's last name. Uh, I know it's Gugu, but I always forget her last name, so she'll, she'll be Ravona. Mabathara? Is it, yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, I felt like that was actually a little rushed through. Uh, we had like two, three scenes there, which didn't seem like a lot really yeah um but yeah so that was a that was a little yeah that that to me didn't feel slow and the thing about the jonathan major the whole episode i guess we'll probably get into this down the road is that if you're gonna give your finale a 25 minute monologue of just exposition you can't really do much better than having Jonathan Major deliver it because <laughs> he is yeah. immediately. I think he's one of the more charismatic actors working today, and I haven't really seen him play a villain. He plays mm. a jerk in Lovecraft Country, but he's, he's the hero still. Um, gotcha. So he, to me, is just a very likable actor, and then you put him in a role like this where it's just a psycho, a sociopathic uh, villain, and I villain actually should be in air quotes because he who remains. There, I said it, is not really... He is the most good version of Kang, which is still very creepy and very uh, disturbing. Uh, But yeah. And anyway, I don't want to get fully... Because I want to talk more about Kang entirely in a bit. But I do think Major's performance, if you don't have an actor like Jonathan Major's in this role, it does not work at all. And... I think there are very few actors Jonathan's major's age who could do what he does in this episode. Um, cause he's very young. I yeah. think he's in his young. He's, I think he's like 32, 33. I'll look it up now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This was, yeah, my he's first, 31 years old time, 31 years old. First time seeing Jonathan majors on oh, screen. Gotta, and uh, I was immediately like he, yeah, just dialogue and just how charismatic, and how much character, or how much he brings his character to life? I, I was yeah thoroughly. You gotta impressed. watch Lovecraft Country and the Five Bloods, even though I actually don't think he he is not the best part of the Five Bloods. Uh, very much not so, but he's a uh, he's good. Uh, I still need to watch that because Chadwick as well. Yeah, Chad. Well, Chadwick is. Um, I don't want to be like he's barely in it. But yeah, but he, he's, he's he's very good in it. In like the he's in like the flashbacks, right? Well, you gotta you gotta watch it for Delroy Lindo. That's really it. Delroy Lindo gives gotcha. probably one of the top five performances I've ever seen. Maybe that's a good dream, but oh, wow. definitely top okay. ten. 
It is an incredible yeah. performance. Uh, and then, of course, the whole cast is good. But anyway, and Jonathan Majors, of course, is Jonathan Majors plays his son in it. Uh, Jonathan Majors is like the one young member of the actual cast. Okay. Uh, like not flashback cast. Um, but yeah, yeah, anyway. So Chekhov's yeah. guns were fired. Two of them were. Miss Minutes, which might I say, remember when I said, what well, if they get there and it's Miss Minutes and then it happened. And I was really happy, but then disappointed because it wasn't in live action like I, I was demanded so happy. last week. <laughs> I want a Tara Strong dressed like a clock. I didn't get it, but it's okay. Maybe next season. I don't actually, to be very honest, I do not think we've seen the last of Miss Minutes. I think Miss Minutes will continue to have a big role on this show moving forward because she did not die uh, or yeah. be deleted. I think she will continue to have a big role on this. Uh, and yeah. then the pen from the very the first episode with Ravona's pen from the high school. Yeah, that was a yeah. that was a that was a nice return. Yeah, because people were speculating yeah. about them. People kind of forgot about it. Uh, and yeah. you know what was unfired was the jet skis. Maybe mm-hmm. next season. Maybe. Uh, now, the other Chekhov gun that was fired that I didn't have listed here, which is actually probably a really big one, if it's true, but I didn't catch it till I read an article about it afterwards, but I do think it's worth mentioning, is did you notice what happened when they crossed the threshold of what? There was a sound. Outside, the timelines began to branch, and the branching came from the bomb in episode two. That finally was relevant to the plot line. Remember how she bombed the timeline to make a bunch of variants areas, and it oh, never really was relevant. Yeah, in the in the soup in the apocalyptic Walmart. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've read some critics say, and maybe this is what happened. I just didn't know because I only watched it once. Uh, apparently, at the moment he says we cross the threshold in the background, you can see the branches from the previous from that episode start to appear on the sacred timeline. And that's why he doesn't understand what's going to happen is because of that. Not because he kept himself unaware, but because of Sylvie's thing finally paying off. I think they could have had that in dialogue and made it a bit more obvious, but yeah, especially because there's so much yeah. exposition here, right? There's so much exposition mm-hmm. in this episode that being a throwaway, being a throwaway, like Kang being uh he who remains being like, you know, you did that. That would have made that go a long way. And speaking of Kang, Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you think about the, I've got down Kangarangarang reveal just because anytime that I say Kang, I say Kangarangarang. I don't know why. Kangaroo. Uh, what <laughs> I have listed is Jonathan. This is all in all caps. Uh, shall I read it in all caps or just normally? Uh, you can read it in all caps. Jonathan sure. Majors as Kang the Conqueror. I called it feed you words I can't say on podcast. You did it. And then in bold. The next Thanos introduced on television. Now, this is where we got to talk about it. Is that. Yeah. Loki to me. Maybe I'm wrong. I feel like this was pitched as the one you can watch and not worry about tying back into the movies. Kind of like uh, Agent Coulson, uh, Agent Coulson's adventures on ABC this fall. Hashtag it's all connected, but not really. Uh, <laughs> uh, connected if you want it to be. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If you want it. Uh, but instead we have here 
the next really big villain of Marvel introduced on TV, the 25 minute exposition backstory that they're not going to repeat in anything else. Most likely now to be clear, I'm not saying they're not going to repeat in the movies. It's very probable that when he shows up in Kang versus Lang Quantumania, um, that we get that exposition again from somebody. But I don't think it's going to be as in-depth as it is here. And no. this kind of a... All right, for the next two minutes, I'm going to be talking about the, the Black Widow post credit scene. So please skip ahead on your episode if you don't want to hear me talk about it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that was my that was my mini spoiler warning in the middle of here. Uh, it kind of reminded me of when we saw I saw Black Widow, right? And after the credits, I see Julie Louis Dreyfus on the big screen. It's like, oh wow, these TV shows are connected. Uh, and granted, that was an accidental connection. Because, well, no, it wasn't. The movie was supposed to come out first. Black Widow was supposed to come out before Falcon yeah. and Soldier. This yeah. is literally like the next two big villains. Actually, this is my other joke: is the next two big villains of Marvel are going to be Jonathan Majors and Julia Louise Dreyfus, which to me, and I know Josh Brolin's a great actor, but yeah. Julia Louise Dreyfus is like a comedic legend, and Jonathan Majors to me is so much more exciting as an actor than Jeff jo- Jeff Brolin. Josh Jeff Brolin. Bridges. I, <laughs> I was gonna say, say Jeff Bridges. I was like, that's <laughs> not who I'm talking about. Jo- uh, Josh <laughs> Brolin is. Um, what's exciting to me is that every time Jonathan Majors is gonna pop up, he's probably playing a different variant of yeah. Kang, and which means he's probably gonna do very different performances. I don't think he's gonna be like this again. This was supposed to be the good Kang. This would be the nicest version of Kang. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just like, this is crazy that down the road I'll be watching an Avengers movie, probably. Probably well, you know what I mean? Like probably Kang will end up being a bad guy in one of these Avengers movies, or even like Secret Wars if it happens. Um mm, yes. and it will be like my parents will be like, Who's this bad guy from? I'm like, oh well, you have to watch Loki show. And they'll be like, What? Why didn't they introduce him in the movie? I'll be like, Oh, Kevin Feach. Uh, I don't know that guy. <laughs> uh, but I just thought this was, again, going back to my f- initial thoughts, where it was like, it's kind of a bummer. This isn't thematically relevant, but also, ah, Kang, he's here. And yeah, played by Jonathan Majors, and it's a surprise. Well, and we've had, well, technically, Spider Man um, Far From Home is still, they call it phase three, but. Since Kevin Feige wants to say, I don't really talk about the movies in phases, then I'm putting, I'm officially putting Far From Home in phase four. Um, and uh, so what, I, what I'm saying, because Danny, you're, I can see that I'm not making. Well, to me, I don't really count. You're kind of like. No, 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 no. Here's like, thing. It's like, let me, let me just say this. I don't really <laughs> yeah. count movies like Far From Home or the original Ant-Man in a phase. They just kind of are there, you know? They're like, just there. <laughs> they're just there. <laughs> they're, just, they're like, oh, yeah, these even, movies are... Even movies though Marvel's... Phase 3.5, phase 2.5. Yeah. <laughs> even though Marvel's, Marvel's like, hey, here's the this F-Bombs. Ant-Man film, mid-tier Marvel, but it's going to be super, super crucial for you to see it. Um, I mean, let's be real here. The kickoff of Phase 4 isn't that i mean i don't know what your point is sorry i'll let you make your point no okay okay so my point is for movies post in game okay we've we got spider-man uh far from home which is just 
kind of there. It's like it's negligent of its time. I don't know. But uh, of its... Uh, of the it doesn't care about the endgame aftermath. Exactly, yeah. Um, and then we have All Black this Widow, travel which six months, this, is... This free European travel six months after the blip? Have you seen how COVID international travel's been working? How yeah, would this be all yeah. okay so quickly? Anyway, I don't, I don't know how that, how that would work. Or because um, also the Falcon and Winter Soldier is set six months after, um, after Endgame. So it's it's set around the time of Far From Home. And yeah, anyways, that's a problem for a different episode for us to discuss. But yeah. what my point is saying is that Jonathan Majors... Kang, we know he's coming in Ant-Man 3 in Ant-Man Quantumania. We know that he is a probably post-credit scene Doctor villain. Strange too, too. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. Figured, we from. know th- <laughs> we know that he's a big time villain like Thanos level type villain. So we're getting this guy very very early. He can do a lot of meddling around in the universe. I think a lot more than what Thanos did necessarily. He, yeah, we you know, see in this that he's above we, Thanos. They've said they've pruned yeah. uh, variants of Thanos. So Yeah. So, like, we we got Thanos as a post credit scene in Avengers 1. Um, and then Phase 2, we saw him in Guardians of the Galaxy. And we know that's really when he was he started looking for the Infinity Stones. Um been, the you know, non-canon post-credit scene of H. Voltron. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll do it by myself. Um, I, I That's honestly, such a I would credit scene. Almost I would as bad put as that post-credit scene. I would put that post-credit scene as actually being located at Nidavellir, and he's taking the gauntlet. But it looks like, nothing like Nivellir. It, it looks <laughs> nothing like Nidavellir. Yeah, it looks nothing like it. It's but not that's even like where Discount I would place Wakanda. It. That's just that's just me <laughs> trying to trying to make it fit. But anyways, uh, so so yeah, it's it's Sorry, a very it's interesting such a move. Dumb credit scene. I, whenever we have a roll episode, <laughs> no, we're going to talk about it for like twenty minutes. How bad that is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Uh, so we'll also talk about the deleted scenes. Um, (laughs) so, so what I'm saying here is we're getting this big, big time, like I assume end of phase villain that, or not necessarily end of phase. Yeah. But like maybe like wrap up like a, you know, three different phases or two or three different phases or so. But like, uh, yeah, the phase it's bad be... guy is probably Julie Strifus in whatever team she's yeah. assembling. Yeah, Jonathan Majors feels well. Who's the bigger deal? Random international evil spy lady or man who controls all of time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I thought I I was thinking, how are we going to get the Young Avengers? in here because a lot like young avengers is getting set up um very fast well, too you know um, there's also so iron lad i was do you know who iron lad is yeah yeah so iron lad yeah. is somewhat set up here too in a way mhm so uh, what i like what i'm what i'm thinking is wait, to the maybe listeners, iron lad is like a heroic young version of kank 
So yeah, go on. Sorry, go yeah. on. He's in in K. Oh, um, I did. Yeah, we'll t- we'll we'll talk about that. Um, a- after this, I want to talk about uh King in the comics and King, um, MCU King. Um, so what I'm saying here is for Young Avengers is maybe we get King does something in a big Marvel team up that stops the adult Avengers, you know, um, it disbands them. Um, he locks them away in a, in a kit in like a time cage or, you know, something there to where the young Avengers have to come in and, and do, you know, save, What's save the day. Something like to me that. Is, I actually initially thought before we knew we were getting Kang and Ant-Man three, that the title of Ant-Man three would be Ant-Man and the young Avengers. Uh, cause I'd assume that mm. would be where they start assembling them. Cause stature is a big, Who's Cassie Lang? Uh, yeah, is a big element of it, uh, and that would be the most sense. Now I might think Cap Four would be that because that'd be the way you make Cap Four a big deal when there's already been a Anthony Mackie led TV show. Is if you set up make it an Avengers movie, which is what Civil War did very well too. Yeah, um, yeah. What I want to yeah, say that was basically Avengers two point five. I may jump back a bit to what you're like, uh-huh. literally like five minutes of what you were saying is that Spider-Man Far From Home was said to be, well, in your world, it's the, in your world. Sorry, that's not meant to be aggressive. Uh, But (laughs) beginning of phase, you said it was phase four. To me, the beginning of phase four. Oh, I don't say it's set in phase four. I don't say it's. Oh, okay. Okay, because I was going to say the beginning of phase four, even though it wasn't intended to be, but had to be because of COVID, has to be WandaVision as the first new piece of marvel media in 18 months and since phase three was one through three is like a whole saga right so having a year and a half in between that and the beginning of wandavision which not immediately but by the fourth episode is immediately like yeah endgame had serious consequences and this is a new world world that we're engaging in and falcon winter soldier does that too and this obviously sets up the main conflict of who we'll see in the next however many years it takes for us to get through this. Um, so it's a, it's a great time to be a Marvel fan. Unless yeah, you, lots unless, of, lots of. And if you get it, if you happening. have a bad show, you know what? It's surrounded by Loki and WandaVision. So it's. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, so, so I wanted to talk about the comics, comics Kang and the MCU Kang. And uh, I think it's, I think it's really interesting as to what's uh, what's going on here because uh, Comics King, he um, he is actually the uh, the son of Reed Richards, who you may know at, also as Mister Fantastic, who we don't have yet, but we're going to be getting, I assume, in two thousand twenty-three um, in the Fantastic Four movie. So. We don't get an outright. Uh, it sounded like King's been around, or He Who Remains, and his multiple var- uh, variants. They've been around for a very, very long time, is what what this sounded like. What this sounds like. Um, so does that mean that Reed Richards and um, in the Fantastic Four crew have been around for a very long time? Or um, is a is there a variant of Kang that is also Nathaniel Richards 
uh, Reed Richards' son. So um, I don't know, you know, like exactly what the MCU is going to do here. They have a lot of flexibility with this character because of how they presented him. Um, but uh, but yeah, Danny, do you have any? I thought any thoughts. I thought Nathaniel Richards was not the son, but like a great, 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 etc., 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 grandson of Reed. Because obviously it's in the uh, future. Uh, let me see. Uh, Reed oh, no, this this does say that he was a descendant um, of the benefactor through Reed Richards. Although other records also indicate he may also be a descendant of Dr. Doom. And we know Dr. Doom lives in castles. And if he lit, if this king was living in, in a castle, maybe this king was related to Dr. Doom. That's a well, bad joke, Danny. All I know is that Kang needs to be played by Jonathan Majors. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying it would be a good casting, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Shall we shall we move on from Kang as much as I love him? We will talk yeah. about Kang on this podcast many times. Yeah. <laughs> so there was uh, yeah, to get pet to get past talking about Kang. So there was a point in the show where he who remains offers Loki everything he could have wanted prior to uh the beginning of the Loki um series. You know, he offered him if he wants the throne of Asgard, if he wants to uh, rule the TVA, if he, you know, look here we he had to Prime snap Loki. like Thanos. Yeah, yeah. If he wants the Infinity Stones, if he wants to kill Thanos, he was, you know, he was offered all of this that he he was basically offered to be able to write whatever um, existence he wanted, and which is what he wanted at the beginning of the show, and. I think that, you know, this, if you had any question on if Loki has been redeemed again, um, then this was definitely the answer answer to that question. Um, yeah, this is probably yeah. actually, I want to say the best part of the episode, but the part of the episode that feels the most like the conclusion to the last five we saw. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just what felt I felt like we had a had a good close to it. To that. Littleston does a lot with. Uh, a little in this episode, which is yeah. really weird to say about a show that's like a like he's a lead, but it is very much obviously Jonathan Majors episode. Um, mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see down the road if both Majors and Grant get an Emmy nom for this because you know Don Cheadle got an Emmy nom for five minutes, like five minutes on Falcon and Winter Soldier for <sighs> being a guest. So <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> these two are doing yeah. a bit more interesting guest work. You know? Yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I have a... This was a question I wrote while I was watching the episode, but I'm pretty sure it it was answered. Um, Did He Who Remains really pave the way for the variants? Yeah. Yeah, I I think he... I think he did. I... I, Like Loki, um, like Prime Loki uh, says, I, I believe this... He who remains. I believe this this variant of King. 
I think He Who Remains is very charismatic. He's being played by Jonathan Majors. And I also agree with what you're saying. Uh, (laughs) Is that, uh, yeah, I do think uh, he's telling the truth. Yeah. He Who Must Remain. And then... And then King said, or he who remains says he did all these horrific things for a good reason. And that, that right there is, you've got a uh, villain who is convinced that he was doing good um, and that he had to do horrific, he acknowledges that he did horrific things, but he had to do them for, you know, for the, for good overall. And uh, I do think it's a that's a really good to me. That's that's a that's a good villain, you know, um, to where you're not like make the audience not hate the character, but what their motives are, what their you know, what their reasons are and what their thinking is. Yeah, I think it's a. I think actually the thing is, is that like, I don't, it's a weird thing to say because you know, the way the show is positive is like, he did take away free will. Yeah. But I do think the show is intended to be like, no, Loki's right in a sense that you can't just be like, free will is better if what he's saying is true and free will. I don't know. It's a weird, weird can of worms. Ethically, it obviously is, it's it also just, it's just also, let's be real. This is a comic book show. So it's like, like this is a real ethical dilemma where it's like, oh man, I gotta choose between free will or total world domination. But <laughs> it is a, it is a, I don't know. It's, it's a good, it's a good little, it's a nice little ending to the show's yeah. thematic ideas about yeah. free will. Yeah, everybody yeah. runs. Everybody runs. Um, Loki, everybody runs. <laughs> Loki, everybody runs. Um, that's what the first episode of season two will be. Um, and then we got a really cool Return of the Jedi fight aesthetic. Hey, between, we finally had a um, decent fight. Sylvie and show. Loki. Yeah. Finally right? had a decent fight. Took it long enough. That's it's not listed as the most disappointing aspect, but it definitely would be up there as a as a possibility for most disappointing aspect. You know? Yeah. But, but yeah. Uh, this was cool. And, and then, they kissed. And Joffa Major was like, kiss from the background. <laughs> then He's like, Sylvie was like, Sylvie was like <laughs> Nah, get out of my face. And then Loki was like, what? And the camera slowly zoomed in on Loki's face for like a really long amount of time that I thought my Disney Plus had frozen. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> the reason I say that is because, again, that, that kind of goes back to my thing where I was like, I feel like this is supposed to be emotional, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like if if they would have kissed in a Kiss. prior episode at some point and then we got this return only he was rejected this time i like, thought that that would have been the emotional like emotion tied with that i action, thought but. that the um that the show okay all right all right so hear me out here i thought the show had in the previous one they mentioned the nexus event when they kissed i legitimately uh-huh. thought that when they like when they were getting close i legitimately thought that when they kissed like that I don't know if the castle would blow up, but something would happen just off of the kiss and they wouldn't even get to choose. Yeah. But maybe it's okay. Maybe well yeah. here's the thing. Prior 
maybe in order for a branch to break off, if so- Sylvie and Loki kiss, Sylvie yes. would need to Sylvie yes. would need to reciprocate those same feelings back toward Prime Loki. And at this point, I don't think she was reciprocating. You know those those feelings, yeah. Um, and then uh, this last point is at the very end of the episode, uh, Loki's in a different timeline's TVA. So we've we've not only got multiple see, branches, I, but multiple TVAs. Now I want to say something here is that. So oh wait no is it just one TVA? But yeah, like, here's the here's, here's the thing. Variants. I thought. Initially, now granted, no one has said anything one way or the other, as far as I know, that we had entered a new type of time travel here where Loki went back to the TVA and these are all overwritten. He can't get back to his ever timeline, which is much more terrifying. But I do think ultimately it is a different timeline's TVA. Uh, After people Mm. said that this is possible, I'm like, oh, that would make sense. Um, I don't know. It's exciting. Exciting stuff. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Let's see where it goes. that's cool stuff. Um, yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited to see where everything that's spinning out of this show. I'm I'm excited to see where it's going to go um, and excited for season two. So move on to predictions. No, I'm kidding. OK, well, I'm going <laughs> to give my prediction. No, and then I'll see if Danny wants to give his. So <laughs> I like this take on Infinite Kings. Um, it's a bigger spin than what I thought we'd get. There's still room for King Loki to come along on another timeline branch. Tyler, you're sexist. What about Queen Loki? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay, yeah, we can have a Queen Loki too. <laughs> I just, I'm just making They're a They're married to each other. To it's, a variant, it's a variant of Loki and Sylvie who did kiss and decided to be rulers of the timeline. How does that work? Yes. You know, like, like, is there variants of people who make the decision there at the end of time with Kang and they're that's ah, yeah you know what I mean you know what I'm saying right is there a what variant if, timeline that is one where Kang wasn't killed he who reigns wasn't killed the only what if the only way to get a timeline to branch is if the two variants of the same person kiss kiss imagine we just <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyways so uh so yeah king loki holding uh, out I holding out for a hero don't yeah. think you're gonna get king loki anytime soon we are in the age of king let me tell you there's nothing more terrifying than a king captain america winter soldier uh <laughs> bring back that guy bring back thomas trucushman <laughs> now season so two. i yeah, yeah, predictions for season two. Uh, possible plot. Um, I, I don't do not really, think Jonathan really Majors. No, here. Yeah. I do not think Jonathan Majors will be um, recurring next season. Yeah. Because, and my, my reason for this is remember how I was speculating that he'd get the whiff credit? He did not get the whiff credit. He got a yeah. uh, special guest star credit. Which uh, to me implies if he had the and credit, it would imply he'd be recurring next season. But mm. since he didn't, he's just guest star. I'm going to assume he's just going to be uh, this will be his only appearance. And next season will be more about Loki trying to get back to his timeline. Granted, remember, gotcha. so many of our speculations were like resolved in an episode here. So very possible that's, that's done by the end of this first episode of the premiere. Um, yeah, yeah. 
I do have um, an early, early predict for season two. Yeah. I th- um, Ravona is our one loose end of this finale. She escapes the summer Miss Minutes tell her, told her to. Uh, I think she's going to quickly find our Loki variant, our, ours, and end up having to team up with him because she he's the only person who would remember. It, this is, goes with my theory that the TVA was overridden. Not necessarily that the TVA is an alternate timeline. The TVA's timeline mm-hmm. is overridden because there can only be one TVA. Um, and in this element, Ravana will find Loki and be like, you're the only person who remembers the TVA as it did. And Loki will be like, I, I swear, I swear I tried to stop her from killing he who remains. And so Ravona will team up with him to try to get the, her way fixed. Um, yeah. I don't know how long that alliance will last, but that's my theory. Cause I do think one, very talented actress. I think ultimately she didn't get much to do this season, mm-hmm. <laughs> which to me, this ending would set her up to have a big role down the road. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I could, I could see that. Um, my only thing about, possible plot and possible returning characters. And so I get my King Loki teaser more is that we get return of Gator Loki, also known on this podcast as Croaky, and he is the King Loki of one of these timelines. And uh, yeah, and that's what we're going to get. And then maybe at the uh, series finale whenever that is after however many seasons of Loki there will be that's when we finally get King Loki and King Loki is going to be played by none other than friend of the podcast Richard E. Grant good give yeah. him a second Emmy <laughs> yeah yeah. after he gets one for this uh-huh. season just kidding he's gonna uh, fight Jonathan so- Majors to the death death match oh jeez uh, would you rewatch the series Yes, but unlike the other ones, I'm going to hold off till season two has a date and I'll re-binge it to gotcha. refresh myself. I do, yeah. I'm do. i curious how this will play as a binge because unlike the other two, this does not feel like a season. This feels like TV. This does not yeah, feel like does. a movie. Um, yeah. Which I like. I like that about it. Um, yeah. I still have to watch the other two shows in oh, okay. binge format. But, oh, okay. I thought you just. Yeah. <laughs> I legitimately thought you were still going to I still got to watch the other two shows. Soldier. I haven't seen him yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I just got everything that I talked about in our Falcon and Winter Soldier uh, reviews. I just got they were off of YouTube comments. That's yeah. that's it. Checks um, out. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'll rewatch the series, but I'll wait a little. Wait a little bit. I might rewatch the finale again because um, I watched a couple of most of the other episodes twice. So I might rewatch just w- episode six twice. Just just watch me like Jonathan Majors and just stand up and applaud every time he talks. Just every time he's on screen. <laughs> I'm just slow clap. Yes. All, all right. So let's go to our why is awards for this series. Um, right. Up for MVP is Jonathan Majors. Uh, for me, is Jonathan Majors. I'm I'm so excited that he'll be the next big bad. Such a good actor, and this was my first impression of him. You'd have to be crazy to do what he did with the TVA and Sacred Timeline, and he performed that magnificently. My, yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll leave uh, leave it that at that. Yeah, we we talked about Mister. 
Mr. Majors, Major Majors. Uh, I probably shouldn't say that. He probably grew up with people making fun of his last name. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah, Danny, you bully. Yeah, I know. Get it together. Uh, well, so of the show, because that's the thing is like, I'm not looking for the MVP of this episode. I'm looking for the MVP because otherwise, like, you know, I'd be like, oh, Richard E. Grant or Jonathan Majors. Easy. But I want to look at this as a season of television. And then I got to go with Tom Hiddleston, who constantly mm-hmm. did ele- elevated s- some iffy material at points and made some good material really great at points. Uh, the fact that the finale still works, I said was because of majors, but it's also because Hiddleston, when he's on screen, reminds you that it's his and Sylvie's show. Um, I will say it was a tad of a bummer when the show abandoned, how quickly the band the show abandoned the Mobius and Loki dynamic because otherwise I could see Owen Wilson being here, but he really did fade into the background in the last couple episodes. Uh, however, yeah. let's be real here. I think you'd agree with me here over even Jonathan Majors. The real MVP of the show is Natalie Holt's score. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe you don't agree with me. I do think it's definitely worth discussing that it was constantly phenomenal and yeah, honestly, maybe the best Marvel score. Sorry, Luther Gorson. Maybe <laughs> I, I could definitely yeah. see the argument of this being the best Marvel score. I guess I could see it. Yeah. 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 yeah and uh, yeah, just variations of it, especially in that last episode, we got um, a few variations of, of it to fit the mood of the scene. And that's exactly what, you know, a score should do. And yeah. Boom. Boom, 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 boom. All right, so what boom, is boom, boom, boom. <laughs> what was your favorite episode, judging from your uh, pick of theme music? Uh, episode four, easy. Come on. Yeah. It was a great yeah. episode, and then had the cherry on top of that mid-credits scene, but the episode itself, so much stuff happened at once. I feel like all the actors got a spotlight moment, even if Sasha Lanes was in poor quality. <laughs> it, it was a great it was episode. was in 480p. And yeah, in a way, it was the last ensemble episode of the show because I feel like Richard E. Grant and Jonathan Majors kind of were the big deal of the last two. Um, yeah. So this was really more the... And then even that, it, it also did have a big cameo. It had a big guest star. It had um, Jamie Alexander. So that was cool too. But yeah. Yeah. Mine was episode two. We got Loki's salad metaphor. Good scene. Um, the faith, the faith, yeah, a salad metaphor scene. The faith discussion between Loki and Mobius. Um, and in the notes, I just have those two points and then a comma, and I didn't finish my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like I was just like, we got salad and faith, and that's what you makes a great episode. But it's... Uh, we got that Loki and Mobius uh, dynamic. Um, and, you know, like you talked about, it's a bummer that that it abandoned it. And I think that's I, that's where I was like, yeah, I really like really like that. Um, yeah. So episode two would be a favorite favorite episode. Um, however, I would and I'll use this to transition onto our next next award. I will skip if i would be like oh i've got to rewatch my favorite episode over and over and over again i would skip the first 20 minutes because um because you hate as a standalone ep- uh, no as a as a standalone as You're a like, standalone no, what i'm saying <laughs> sorry go on. as a standalone oh we got the big reveal about um 
Sylvie hiding in the apocalypses. Yeah. So uh the Pompeii stuff. But yeah, well well paid well paid stuff. We got the we got the apocalyptic superstore and Brobius. Yeah. So uh so yeah, episode two to me was the most fun and it's it seemed like it was the most like an adventure adventure show. Um yeah, that I'm just watching like the classic adventures of Mobius and Loki. And it was the one that felt the most like this isn't going to affect the outside MCU. Well, and, my counterpoint there would be my worst episode definitely felt like that. Um, which was, and again, I'm, I'm going to give my little disclaimer after I say it is episode three. Now, again, I'm totally down for episode of the week shows. The issue is with six episodes, you can't do that. And more importantly, the Sylvie Loki dynamic was not well developed in this episode at all. I felt more development in the first half of episode four than I did in this entire episode. Felt like mm. a wasted episode, had one cool long take sequence in it and some fun Loki getting drunk stuff. But other than that, it was very disappointing to me. And I think if you were to pick a worst episode, you'd agree with me. Am I correct? If you were to pick just a bad if, episode, like. Yeah. Yeah. Just an episode. Like if I had one episode to skip out of yeah. the whole series, probably that one. Um, however, my worst episode is the opening of episode two, which, yeah, I know I'm bending oh, you the just, rules I thought, here. Oh. Um, okay, I thought you just said but that. But yeah, so no, it's it's yeah. the opening of episode I was like, oh my God, am I, in, am I in a time loop? Is Tyler going to do the entire <laughs> thing again? Oh no, <laughs> what did I do? Uh, so it's, it took 20 Sorry. minutes to get on its feet. There was a poor use of holding out for a hero. I don't know why you use holding out for a hero if you're not going to give the, it the Shrek 2 look, treatment. It was given that treatment because I was been holding out for Sasha Lane to have a nice role in the MCU, and they eventually took it from me. But for one shining moment, I had it. <laughs> Just one moment, one moment. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. So it, that's Speaking more of, of. I mean, I guess you could say, um, if there was an award for the worst twenty you know, minutes of an episode, that's what it'd be. But yeah, my Speaking worst twenty of moments, minutes of episode has to be uh-huh. the twenty minutes. After I realized that Roth Boner was a thing. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, best moment. Um, I'm going to go with the episode four mid credit reveal of Kid Loki. Kid Loki and company. Um, I stood up like fist pump and I I said, heck yeah, uh, Richard E. Grant. So that was the moment that I was like, I was audible. I was yelling things, and yeah. Now, yeah. my best moment. What about you? Which is a little hypocritical of everything I've said in this episode. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be upfront about that. Is I will now give you a reenactment of my moment, of this moment. of So, I'm laying on my couch, watching the episode. And then, I see them heading towards the door. And the door slowly opens. And there's Jonathan Major sitting in purple, smiling. And I immediately sit up on my de- I sit up and stare at the TV. And I'm like, it's it's him. He's here. Actually, I didn't say that. Oh, I, I'm lying. I was like, yes. That's pretty much what I did. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so excited. Um, I do think there was probably a few other moments in this series that gave me that feeling too. But that's the one that sticks out to me right now. Gotcha. Not actually the mid credit scene. I think... Actually, you know what? I'm going to cheat and give a different moment. 
so I can keep my Kang is just okay, even though he is a he's great uh thing. Is you know what the actual best moment to me was? It's before your best moment. And it's the end of episode four proper where it looked like Loki had died and the show is just gonna be Sylvie and Google Bamparan. Even if it only yeah. lasted for like three minutes till that mid credit scene, it was such an exciting moment to me that Mobius had died. It looked like Musaku had died. And it looked like Loki, our Loki, had died. And the show being called Loki could be about a Loki variant. It doesn't have to be yeah. about the Loki we started. I would have, I would have totally, even if we still got the same story, you know, of her um, meeting who he who remains and killing him. I like with just without Tommy Hids, I would have been, I would have been totally fine with it. I would have been fine with it, but to to engage in this thought experiment just for a second. I don't yeah. think I'd be as willing to be. I think Kang being the next big bad accidentally unleashed by Loki after his redemption arc of a sort is a great way to tie it back in with the original stuff. That, of mm. course, the worst thing that the Marvel Universe can have is being unleashed by our Loki who's trying to be good, but yet messed it up again. Yeah, I really like that. Um, and I think um, if it had just been Sylvia, it wouldn't have worked as well. But I do like gotcha. I do agree that if this show had just become Sylvie and, you know, like, I think yeah. I could have still enjoyed it. So, yeah, I just yeah, don't know if I'd enjoy definitely. the King stuff, but that's mm. so. Yeah, I will say I almost had my best moment being uh, when Jonathan Majors got up on the desk and was uh, was during his discussion with Sylvie and prime loki yeah jonathan majors yeah. we love him we love him yeah. here he's he's our we, new friend of the podcast sorry richard yeah you're, you're dead nope. in the show. we can still we can still keep richard e we gotta he, keep tweeting at jonathan majors so he likes our tweets no <laughs> <laughs> uh so uh danny what is your i see that your most disappointing aspect is you did not like sasha lane's acting no you just have no. Sasha Lane, most disappointing no. aspect. The disappointing so, aspect of it is I'll that Sasha Lane <laughs> was barely in the show. Sasha yeah. Lane should have been Sophie. I'm not even, I mean, Sophie DiMartino, you're great. But were you in American Honey? No. Sasha Lane is an incredible actress. <laughs> and she better be back in season two. Because if we're in an alternate timelines TVA, or even a rewritten TVA, she shouldn't be dead anymore. She should be there. Bring back Sasha Lane. Make her make her the best character ever. Make her make her be Kang's bride. Sorry, Ravona. Now it's gonna be Sasha Lane. Anyway. <laughs> well, um, mine is more of wishful thinking. I, I psyched myself up on the thought of King Loki, and I'm now really excited for him to enter the MCU. Uh, I don't think that Marvel Studios will pass up on the opportunity of King Loki. Um, we do still have kid Loki out there somewhere, you know? Um, so still, still possibilities. At least season two is now officially confirmed by the finale's excuse of a mid credit scene. So is our most so, disappointing aspect really that there wasn't a post credit scene? I'm kidding. <laughs> I guess, I guess so. Yeah, that would be, would be more, more, more accurate, but, um, the best, best surprise. surprise. The best prize I'd, is a surprise. <laughs> I would say that it's the split between Sylvie and Loki in episode six. Um, things were more shattered than what I had originally assumed, and I wasn't expecting it. 
obviously, because it was a surprise. What about you, Danny? Well, okay, so the best surprise isn't really a surprise, but because let's be real, I knew Richard E. Grant was popping up in this show, and I was really excited for him. What I wasn't expecting, well, he, he told us on our unofficial interview. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah I, when he liked my tweet there. back in uh, t- 2019. It was like, yeah. Daniel, let me tell you that down the road, I'm going to be in Loki and I'm going to play the classical version of Loki. Have you have you seen uh, there? I, I watched a YouTube uh, video that that uh, they had posted. Um, someone had posted of Richard E. Grant on his phone, as he does on the social medias. And he's, he's Owen great. Wilson. Yeah, he is. I did see Owen that, Wilson yeah. is behind him and he says um and uh he says oh uh he said Owen what did you think of our uh filming work that t- that we did today and Owen Wilson says fine work and, or it sounds like he says fine work and then uh Richard E Grant is like oh yes yes it was quite a good and then Owen Wilson's like no, find work. And then he leaves and Richard E. Grant just laughs. It it was a really good time. I need to send the video to you. No, Danny. no, I, I saw it. I saw it. Oh, it's you just have? Funny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. It's yeah. good, though. I love uh, Richard E. Grant. Uh, you know what? Again, I'm going to cheat to give it here. You know what I'm going to cheat and say? What? My best surprise here was not Richard E. Grant because I knew he was going to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to pick the actor in this. Who I like in other stuff, but wasn't expecting to like her as much in this off the pilot. And that's Wumi mm-hmm. Wusaku. Uh, yeah. I hope she has a big role in this down the road. Uh, it looks like she does. Uh, the cliffhanger, very much, it's her and Owen Wilson still. Uh, mm. I, she's a very exciting actress to me. And yeah. I'm glad she has this gig. Hopefully, eventually down the road, we will see Mobius and her character cross into the movies. And if not, you know what? She gets to act alongside Owen Wilson and uh, I was going to say and Tommy Majors, but she already did that for a whole season yeah. uh, on her show. <laughs> uh, but Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson and she's a great actress and I'm excited to see what she does when she's not filming Loki seasons two. Um, gotcha. Seasons two. Uh-huh. T-O-O is actually what I meant. Most yes. excited to see more of. Uh, I lost my point in the jonathan majors kang he also (laughs) does he also uh does not seem to be the son of reed richards as origin in the comics so this character is much more wide open than previously thought yeah i'm gonna keep it to the show and hope we can see those mobius and wumi musaku variants next season and then we can eventually get back to the ones with loki knows what if we get again master she will i won't Loki is walking down the TVA. He's like, finally, I'm away from that Nobius. Hopefully this temp pad gets me back to my own. He says temp pad. He lands in a very strange universe and he just hears a voice that goes, oh, wow. He's like, Mobius, is that you? And he doesn't only see not Mobius there. He sees a red car talking to another car who goes, shoo, how's it going there? What's that no. over there? It's on its. It's on its. What's a leg? Thanks for listening to this episode of Why Is and with Time. Good job. My gosh, no, no. Mater, Mater can stay. 
Um, <laughs> no lightning. At his theme park. At his theme park in Disneyland. Haunting we need a Cars people. two too. <laughs> I should make you watch Cars two for the green. <laughs> I've seen Cars two. What a great film. Anyway, now you can no be your wrong. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Why Is with Ty and Dan. We can be found on various podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and on our website, whyiswithtydan.buzzsprout.com. We are also on YouTube, audio exclusive at our channel, Why Is with Ty and Dan. Disclaimer, Ty still has to upload quite a few episodes on yeah, YouTube, I think the last so please be patient. All the Loki episodes need to go up. <laughs> the, yeah, the last episode is our coverage of, the, of uh, Kate Shortland's films so but not black I, widow not that one never not, not even black widow so i i really need to get with it um yeah uh, but you can also contact us uh, by email at why is the <laughs> or a smoke signal we get those yeah two. or you can follow us on twitter at why is with tie in one because i'm as always number one you can also follow me, Danny Vincent, on Letterboxd at Blank Mints for reviews of movies, including those not in the MCU. We'd also like to thank Zachary Wright for editing this episode. Thank Blank you, Zach. All right. Oh, All right. we should tell them what we're going to do the next few weeks. <laughs> yeah. Should. If you if you you actually still listen to this, you're going to hear what we're going to do. You know, turn it off as soon as you're out, Troll. Uh, so next week we're going to celebrate Captain America: The First Avengers' uh, 10th anniversary. That'll be very exciting. We get that. Be. We're we're gonna. So I don't know if you guys know this. What if is ten episodes long, which means it's gonna run into Shang Chi and Venom. So what we're gonna do first is we're gonna talk about Venom the week after that, after Captain America, and then we're gonna talk about um, the films of the director of Shang Chi. Uh, don't worry, we will eventually cover Andy Serkis's films, but as he only has two, we're gonna slot it in a green room time instead of um, rushing it before. Uh, what if starts and then of course we'll cover what if so yep that's our plan yep yep uh, so stay tuned um get your tom H- hardy phil but first you gotta get your yeah. hugo weaving phil yeah then you're uh brie larson the rings and then oh oh again once we do our episode on shang chi director you're gonna <laughs> like her promise yeah, you that i I know, I know. I I mean, we'll see. All right, we'll catch you in the next one.